Blog Talk Radio. So, 
those are the kind of things we're going to talk about today. But before we talk about that, I actually did have a question from a Blue Click member, which if you're not familiar, Blue Click um, is a group that we have on Facebook. And it's a group, so you can just look up Blue Click. It's not a fan page. Um, it's a group, and it's a bunch of us. We just kind of whatever is on our mind or whatever spiritually we want to share or there's something that we heard or we thought about and we kind of want to run it by like minds, we put it on the blue click. And, you know, we really get some very honest, authentic feedback and discussions from that. Um, but, Aaron, I got a question for you. Oh, great. Uh, blue, blue click member that if you, there was a while back you had said that you felt like you were being guided to give away all of your stuff and yes. know what came from that. Gosh, uh, well, I got rid of a lot of things. Not quite everything, but I got rid of darn near most of my clothing. My phone is gone. I don't have a lot of things to begin with. Um, most of my books, yeah, I got I got rid of the most of my stuff, and I hope to still get rid of more. And uh, what came from it, I think I was just making space for new opportunities to find their way into my life, and boy, have they found their way into it. Uh, it seems like things just keep coming my way uh, and in quicker succession. So yeah, it was really just about making space and also remembering what what I really needed because a lot of the stuff that I got rid of, including my phone, I didn't really need, and I don't miss it. Mm. Okay, wow. That's amazing and interesting, and um, a lot of people who feel that they do want to do that can really kind of see what your, where your attachments are or where your attachments mm-hmm. are not able to get, let go of things or get rid of things. Um, so that's actually a really good exercise. I am one of those people who I can't stand clutter. Mm. And I'm always careful <laughs> of because I constantly feel like in order for me to feel at peace or for me to feel um, like there is, you know, constant movement or motion, I need to have things flow in and out. So mm-hmm. I, if there's something that I'm not using or is not useful for me, I will get rid of it or give it away or throw it away and for that very reason so that I can make room for what's new or or I feel like I'm on the verge of something and I'm not quite turning that corner. I feel like the stuff is making me stay where I am and so time for me to to separate myself from, from that which I have used to represent me because now there's going to be something new that's going to represent me. So... Um, I've kind of gone through something similar. I um, abruptly got rid of like three-fourths of my clothing because a lot of the stuff that I had was stuff that I bought because, or I had because it was kind of office corporate stuff that, oh, I need to wear appropriate stuff, not even really me, but just office stuff that, other people would have approved of or would have thought she looks nice or she looks professional, um, which is not the image that I want to have because it wasn't me to begin with. It was me trying to reflect 
what I wanted other people to see so that they would feel a certain thing about me. Um, powerful, responsible, knowledgeable, whatever that is. I was looking for when they see this, this is what they will think. This is professional enough for this atmosphere. Mm. And so I got all, rid of all of those clothes. And I hadn't worn them for a long time because I am a professional yoga pants wearer at this point. <laughs> <laughs> That's my uniform these days. Um, and so just I really feel like I am wanting to be more expressive through how I present myself. And, of course, clothing is, is a big part of that. Um, so I got rid of a lot of a lot of clothing. Um, so, good. I hope that answers her question. I'm not sure if she's going to be listening live. Um, it was Bridget from Blue Click. And she's listening. Oh, hey, Bridget. And uh, she had asked me, and I said, I don't know. I will make sure that I ask him on the show and see if he, see what came of that, if he came of that, which um, lots of people are going through lots of transitions this month. I know October has been quite a transition for me as far as me being able to see things a lot more clearly or asking questions in the universe, being able to tell me um, with my um, some awakening that I'm experiencing and going into um, old paradigms and seeing how I don't necessarily fit into things that I used to fit into and how I am dealing with that with friends and family and how to allow other people to see who you are now versus going back into putting on old shoes, basically, so that other people will feel comfortable. I have um, really been going through not putting, when before I have always been the nice person, I want you to feel comfortable, don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, don't mm-hmm. want to rock the boat, is how I, is kind of what my role has been in my family. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm not willing to put those old shoes on, just kind of dealing with and seeing what other people's reaction to that is. And that's kind of a really big shift in turning a corner for me for me being my authentic self. And um, one thing that I've been asking is what does it mean for me to compromise that which who I am now um, to be around people who are not comfortable with me being the who I am now? And the answer that I got is I was listening to one of our former guests, Haru Yuya Asananu. I hope I said his name. I'm notorious for messing up people's names, so I had his name right. On one of his shows, he said that when you compromise your character or you're being true to yourself, it's compromising your destiny, and that's basically what sin is. Sin is disobeying or not being true to God, which is the self. Um, and so when you are not true to that or you compromise that for other people, then that is basically what sin is. And I was like, okay, I got it. <laughs> now I know why it is important for me to be true to myself. So um, kind of it, it's, it's amazing how when you ask for answers, you get them 
through friends, through something you hear on the radio, through a commercial, through a crazy person screaming at you on the street, through whatever. You always get what you ask, you always get the answers that you're asking for. Um, it's just important to be paying attention and to know um, or to be present enough to recognize them. And that's really what I've really been been learning this month. So I've, I've really, really made some some major growth and advances this month. So, so what's going on with you? I'll just kind of catch up with everybody. With me? Sean? Oh. Hello? Hello? Sean? Hello? So, I was, um, we were kind of, October is, are you listening, have you been, kind of have the the phone on mute. So, are you you on the phone, or are you just, are you just listening? Okay. Do you want to kind of talk about what's going on with you, growth-wise, how's October been? Say again. I, you know what, Nick? Let me hang up and call back because it's like a lot of static. Can you hear okay. all the static? All right, let, me, let me hang up and call right back. All right. All right. And we also have Keithan on the line. Do you want to say hello? Hello. Hello. Can you guys hear me? Yes. yes. Hello. Yes. Hey guys, how are you guys tonight? How are you? Good. Awesome. I just caught the tail uh, the tail end of what you were talking about, Nikki, about how October has definitely been a transitional uh, period for a lot of us, and definitely for me. Um, yeah, a lot of things been going on. Something interesting you said about putting on the old shoes. I've been challenged a lot. In my life, um, here recently, I'm sorry, guys, excuse me, I'm in traffic. <laughs> but I've been challenged in my life recently um, on putting on those old shoes in many different areas of my life. And the quote that I had in mind for, your, for the show tonight was, do the, thing, um, do the thing you fear in the death of fear is certain. That quote mm-hmm. just did the most for me. In any newest thing that I take on in my life, I always remember that. Do the thing you fear and the death of fear is certain. So just that plays a part in doing, um, putting on those old shoes when I'm challenged with situations, family members, just in all areas. That quote just sticks out every time. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of times, Fear is, is you actually build it up a lot more in your mind than than what it is. Um, and I like just to bring another quote. If anybody has seen um, After Earth with Will Smith, um, that's basically what that whole movie was about: was facing your fear or realizing that fear is not real. Danger is real, but fear mm-hmm. is not. Fear is just magic. You imagine it. Um, so it's all built up in your in your mind. So once you say something and you realize that the fear doesn't exist, whatever it is that you thought you were afraid of, it's just with yeah. whatever your was. So, you know, once you face Absolutely. it, you realize it doesn't yeah. exist. It just 
Yeah, absolutely. And I realized that each time I face the fear, it's like it's, it's when I walk through that, it, it's like the feeling is over. It's just like a feeling that I feel. And once I get through it, then it's, it was just, I realized that it was just an illusion to begin with. So mm-hmm. walking through that for me helps me each time. So, yeah. Right. Wonderful. The app. I was going to say the Out the Earth movie, I actually, something told me to see it. I kept hearing about it like it sold many messages in the movie, and I actually got it, uh, but I didn't watch it. I didn't just have a chance to sit down and just really watch it, watch it with my spiritual eye. So I'm going to have to actually pick that up again and watch that movie. Absolutely. Yeah, I recommend it. I know a lot of people did not, well, again, watch it with your spiritual eye, but everybody, and I look at every, you know, you'll get to the point where you watch, and you probably are to the point where you watch everything with your thief on because, you know, that's who you are now. Um, But I know it didn't necessarily get the best reviews, and there were a lot of people who didn't like it because we're used to lots of, um, action or special effects, and it really mm-hmm. was more of the. It was a, you know, we don't get very many coming of age movies these days, and it was really a coming of age movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and his his son kind of teaching his son um how to be how to be a man basically. So it yeah. was it was I I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. So I hope that. Anybody who's listening, you know, just look at it as a a coming of age, growth, facing your fears, becoming an adult, um, becoming a man movie, because that's that's what it was. I won't say too much, but yeah, definitely it would be a good a good movie just to kind of sit down and and watch with your with your spiritual eyes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I was listening to uh, HRU. I can't, I can't pronounce his name, but I believe it was in a particular show me and you was having a discussion with just on yesterday, actually. And he was, he was talking about how any movie that I, I seem to watch now, I can't just watch it, you know, just to get like a entertainment out of it or a kick out of it. I watch every movie. I want to dissect the movie. I want to, you know, I, I, I don't look at movies now as the same thing. I want to just, pre- it's like I'm, I'm watching them with my spiritual eye, if that makes sense. And in each movie, every movie, I don't care what it is. So uh-huh. that was an interesting point to know that, you know, I wasn't alone and that many people do that and they feel like that because I was, many people like me and you were talking about yesterday, Nikki, um, me, I'm sorry, this thing. Many people, uh, what were we saying? Yesterday we were talking about how um, overanalyzing things and, you know, just, yeah, I just think that that's, <laughs> you understand what I mean? Mm-hmm, I do. Yeah. Um, part of that discussion, I'm sure we probably can all relate to this. I'm sure, um, Aaron, you probably had some experiences with this too as you have watched something and you get a completely different, you've seen a completely different movie than somebody else has seen. Um, Without and a you doubt, absolutely. Same movie. And you may absolutely. have loved it or may have hated it, but the, and the, and my, but it's complete opposite of what someone else has seen that watched the movie with you. Um, mm-hmm. I know there have been several movies where I'm like, that was 
an amazing movie, and there was somebody's like, it was okay. I didn't get it. And I'm thinking, how can you? <laughs> Oh that yeah. Okay. <laughs> the first of uh, the first two movies I can really remember that happening with me were The Talented Mr. Ripley and What mm. Dreams May Come. Mm. Yeah. Good movies. Both of those movies just I, I thought they were masterpieces uh for very yeah. different reasons and a few people they just they said oh I I didn't get it I didn't understand but those two movies there there's so much in them. They're both so, they're so- uh so spiritual. One's very spiritual, and the other one's very cerebral. And they're just there. Those two movies. Those are the first two I really remember having that experience with. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think I actually had to go see What Dreams May Come by myself because I didn't have anybody at that point in my life who uh-huh. wanted to go. And I'm very glad that I went to go see it by myself because. I didn't have to be consciously aware of anybody being bored or not uh-huh. enjoying in comments, or, and I went by myself, and I, I've seen it several times since then, and I still see something different based off right um, every time I see it. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Every I was time I say, you know, movie, every time I watch yeah, that movie, I, just, I feel my heart just uh, mm-hmm. bursting open. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, I was yeah. just gonna say to you, Nikki. They say that you know when we watch things like that and we do it alone that that's when we can a- be really able to pay attention with our spiritual eye and just really focus on the messages that are being you know given or yeah or if you kind of if you watch it with somebody who's kind of on that same wavelength same vibration yeah. also mm-hmm. you can discuss it and you know that's probably why it's better for me it's not good for me to go to the movies because I have to talk <laughs> yeah. but, I have to need to be in that bubble where nobody can hear me. So it's, it's most of the, the films now, I we wait until they come out and get it on Redbox or something. Um, so you can talk and rewind and watch it again and analyze and super analyze, uh, although there are some, of course, that I couldn't wait to see. So we go see them at the movies, but that's definitely, um, I really, I can't see a movie without picking it apart. If I don't pick it apart, it's a good <laughs> And it's those movies that if it's something that I can, if it has like an inconsistency or something that's not working, you pick the movie apart. So I'm not probably not yeah. the best person. Absolutely. Well, I was going to say to you guys, I love you guys, but I got to go. I just arrived to my destination. So, yeah, I will continue listening, and I will talk to you guys later, okay? All Thanks right. Thanks for talking. All right. See, see you guys ya. later. Bye. All right, and Sean um, has dropped again. I'm not sure what's going on with his connection, but we will continue. Um, so, um, since we've been, we're on the subject of what's going on with us um, in October. Let's. How has your October been, Aaron? Let's talk about some things that have been oh. going on with you. Uh, it, it, October has been an incredible month of just manifestation, uh, and we talked about it a little bit on the Facebook group. But you know, I was saying it seems like the less I do, the more I'm getting. And what I really mean by that is, you know, I set a tone for what it is that I want to come into my life, 
and I finally feel like now I'm in this place where I can just stand very confident in the tone that I've set and let the things come to me, show themselves to me, and manifest themselves to me. So to speak very specifically, because I'm sure someone out there is saying, okay, why don't you tell me exactly what's been happening to you? Well, I've been, I've been working on one show. I've been cast in another show. I have an opportunity for another show. I've been teaching uh, at I've been teaching at two schools, and I've been assistant directing a play at another school. And I've also been asked, I I was also asked this past uh, week to facilitate a workshop. And then the show that I'm part of is uh, possibly going to be doing doing some touring. So there's just a lot of a lot of stuff that's come my way, and it's all sort of come one after the other. And I've been working on those things this month. So it's pretty exciting. Wow, sounds like it. Sounds like you're very. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit on what do you mean by the less you do, the more that comes your way? Or, absolutely, um, absolutely. What does that mean? Okay, so I try to look at life as being on a conveyor belt or if you're familiar with the teachings of Abraham Hicks, being in a stream or like being on a train. It's something that is moving, moving towards a destination. So if you think about that, understand that because you are on the train or you're in the stream, you're already moving towards something, and you will continue to move towards it whether or not you do anything. And I'll say do in quotations. Um, mm-hmm. So basically, if you just stand in that, understand what that means, that you're always moving towards something, then what that means is you don't have to necessarily do anything or not do anything to get it. It's going to show up what you have control over is basically how that journey feels, how, how, the, how it feels to arrive towards that thing. It can be a prosperous journey downstream or a prosperous train ride full of good feelings and full of, of, of experiences that are bringing you to your next level, or it can be something that's more challenging and more painful for you. You know, the challenges can teach you, but it's up to you to decide how, generally speaking, it feels, you know, if it's if it's a a journey that you enjoy or a journey that you absolutely hate. The point is that you're still going to move there one way or another. So if you just decide, okay, I'm going to choose to have a prosperous journey and then allow it to happen by making choices that support your decision to have a prosperous journey, then you're going to see that things will happen and that the universe and your environment will tailor itself to meet the tone that you've set. So to speak even more specifically, say you decide that you want to begin to live your life in your passion. You've identified what your passion is about, and you've decided that you want your life uh, to be supported by your passion. Then you've got to mean what you say. You've got to trust that decision. So if an opportunity presents itself to you, that isn't in alignment with what you want. Say you want a, a, a high-paying job in your field of passion and you're offered a high-paying job that isn't in your field of passion and isn't exactly what you're looking for, then don't choose that something that isn't in alignment with it because if you choose it, it's going to set you in a different direction, quite possibly, 
rather just stand in that place and trust that, okay, this opportunity has presented itself to me, but it's not quite right. So because I'm on this, this forward-moving train, because I'm moving downstream, something else will show up that will better meet what I want. And it's, it's a test. It's life's way of seeing if you really mean what you say. And if you can get to that point where you're trusting that whatever it is that you're wanting is going to show itself to you, then once it shows itself to you, you'll basically mm-hmm. have the feedback telling you, okay, I'm, I have begun to initiate this process that is actually now starting to work. And then you just keep standing in that space and then something else will show up. And you just keep standing in that space and then something else will show up. And eventually they just start to come to you left and right without you really having to work very hard for it to happen. It's rather just setting the tone, believing that the opportunity will show itself to you, acting in alignment with that belief, and then once one door opens, you walk through it, and you'll see that another door appears, and you walk through that, and it appears. And it's going to catch you by surprise because that's part of the fun because if it becomes predictable, then you're no longer on the leading edge. So what you really have to do is just reach that point where you are unshaken in your belief that everything is working out just as you want it to happen. And then on the flip side of that, say you make a decision that isn't quite in alignment with that. Once you get back to that tone, then something will show up from that space that will bring you back to exactly where you want. So it's really just about getting your head right and then standing in that space and allowing it to show up. But if you feel like, oh, I've got to do this to make it happen, it's not going to work that way. The doing really is in the thinking and in the knowing and hence allowing it to show up for you. Wow, that's beautiful. Um, and, I, and I think that really comes down to trusting and trusting yourself. Yes, trusting yes that is, that's the operating word, trust. Yeah. And that when when she puts something out there that you know that you are taking care of, and that's faith. That's what that's what faith is. Um, that is, and it's, it's very interesting that you're having. We're having this discussion because I've kind of been been um, going through something very similar too, where I know what I have asked for, and I know what I want, and these other opportunities have kind of presented itself, but haven't been exactly what I want. I mean, it would be quote-unquote, fine, but not what I asked for. So you, I have found myself, and, I, and I, as soon as you, you say that, and I'm, I'm really admiring um, the trust in the process that mm-hmm. you are expressing right now, because one of the, the old programs or the old... Um, Things that kind of go through my mind is, you know, when is this when the opportunity presents itself, and this would be good, and this is okay, and this is, but it's not. And then I have to tell myself, but this is not what I asked for, and I know that it's coming, and everything comes in in its time. And one of the quotes that I had goes right along with this um, Abraham Hicks quote, um, which is everything that we want is downstream. Mm-hmm. And you don't even turn the boat and paddle downstream. Just let go of mm-hmm. these oars. The current will carry you. So it really is the very opposite of everything that we've been told and taught 
um, and yes. to be part of it is I don't know how many times that you you have heard, seen, witnessed people, things, commercials, TV, everything say that it's you're supposed to go against the current and you're supposed to fight for what you want and you're supposed to be everybody's going one way, you go the other way because you're going to go upstream and all those people are just lazily going downstream and you see the pictures with the fish trying to go upstream and all the other fish mm-hmm. are being lazy. They're letting the current take them downstream and they're going to get eaten by bigger fish. Now we're not supposed to do that. Um, and everything's supposed to be a struggle and you're supposed to go after it and, you know, don't just sit, you know, don't just sit there, but you you fight and claw and nothing comes easy and you have to fight for everything that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you hear something that says, just let go of the oars and <laughs> let the current carry you, um, yeah. it's, it's, you know, to to just be able to sit back and that is, when you really, really, really feel what it is to trust and really have yeah. that much that self and to not and you know to know the difference between a belief and an, and an, and knowledge and know that it's all part of the process and it will carry you to where you are going. You just have to allow it. You just it's have to truth. be. Able be open enough to allow all of that to happen for you because that's what's happening. It's everything is happening for you. So that is beautiful yes. and wonderful, a wonderful testament. Yes. And um, one, more, one more thing because I, I, I don't want to forget to say this, but if you have to do something or if you need to occupy your time with something, occupy it with fun. If you can have as much fun as you can riding downstream or being on the train, and it doesn't even have to necessarily be things that are related to what you want in life, but just things that you enjoy. If you can have as much fun as possible, then it will suck out some of the time between you having the thought and it manifesting. You know, they say time flies when you're having fun. That's the truth. You'll go outside of time if you enjoy yourself. Mhm. Right. Exactly. And when you're having fun and you're enjoying yourself, it's you're creating a certain vibration. You're raising your vibration, so therefore you're bringing those higher vibration things to you. Um, Absolutely. So that's why I find and not to sit there and worry or feel bad or feel sad or afraid or frightened. It's mm-hmm. that's why it's important to have fun when you do decide to do something. And everything is a learning experience. So within that, you're having fun. That means you're being true to who you are. That means you're you're you are being um faithful to your character and to your integrity and therefore you are going to draw those things um and attract those things to you. Wonderful. Yes. Wonderful. Sean, are you back with us? I don't know what's going on with him. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Florida. I'm here with What's been going on with us in October? And you've actually had some, some, a lot of things going on. Do you want to share, share how October has been for you? Share how October has been for me, specifically? 
As it, re- as it relates to what? I mean, yeah. is it something specific or I'm totally lost in the conversation? Um, we were just discussing how, I was discussing how it's been, I've learned a lot and gotten a lot of information about myself and my growth. And just October has been a very transformational month for me and Aaron mentioned some of the things that he's gone through. Um, he's been called in and mentioned some things that he's gone through. Um, and um, Aaron was mentioning how he really feels like there's a lot going on. And in November, there's going to be like a major shift because there's so much going on in October. And I was yeah. telling him how you were talking about how you kind of feel like you're right on the verge of the edge of something. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, I mean and, and I have to apologize for my my lack of attentive, attentiveness in this conversation, but that's part and parcel to what you guys are talking about. I mean, right now I'm going through, it's it's almost emotionally overwhelming. I mm-hmm. feel like I am 10 months pregnant, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and just the amount of self-awareness, that I've been experiencing in the last couple of weeks have gotten me to the place where I am completely withdrawn into myself mm-hmm. and, 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 and really, really getting to understand where and why I am. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and how that fits into the grand scheme of things. It's almost, I'm almost in, in a state of, of cocoonism right now, if you will. Mm-hmm. And... I, I I don't I'm I'm still yet to see how it plays off in terms of how it feeds into the collective or how it feeds into any shift that's going on. But I am acutely aware of what's going. On. I mean, almost to the point where I I I was just bust out crying for no reason, you know. And it's not a sad uh, uh, type of cry. It's kind of sort of a melancholy type of a feeling. Mm-hmm. And and lately, uh, uh, my youngest Phoenix, he's been like up under me. Last night. <laughs> Last night he was up under me till almost one o'clock in the morning. Didn't go to sleep, and he's—I noticed he's been, you know, more closely, you know, uh, uh, he, he's been hanging around me a lot more. So I don't know what he's picking up. You know, kids are extra, extra intuitive in terms of, mm-hmm. of reading emotion, and and right now I'm a litany of emotion, and you know, just <laughs> I'm getting choked up trying to articulate what it is that I'm saying, and that's part of my frustration. And 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 then in this time, I don't think that I'm supposed to be outgoing and, 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 and sharing what it is that I'm, I'm experiencing at this time. Because, first of all, I really can't put my fingers on it. And then, you know, to try and force myself to do something that I'm right now, you know, spiritually being led not to, it, it's, you know, it, it creates adversity. So mm-hmm. I, I don't... <laughs> Just to ask me what I've been what I've been experiencing and feeling this whole month of October, um, it's, it's still unclear. But whatever it is, whatever it is, it's huge. Mm. It's huge. It's huge. It's, and and, and that's, you know, I can't sleep. You know, and 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 when I'm awake, I'm I'm this. I don't know. I can't describe. It. Maybe one day I'll, I'll be able to. One day soon, hopefully. Mm. Right now, I, I I can't describe exactly what it is that I'm feeling. Wow. 
Well, November should be very interesting. Okay, so um, we've already con- covered a couple of quotes. Um, Aaron, you want to share one of your quotes? Oh, sure. Let's see. I'll start with uh, a quote. It comes from Gandhi, and it's a famous quote, and it's that no one can hurt me without my permission. And the first time I came across that quote, it really hit me, and it just stopped me for a second and made me say, huh. And I thought back to all the times, because I was a really sensitive kid, I mean, super sensitive. I thought about all the times where people would say things, and it would just bring me to tears. And I really, mm-hmm. I really cared about what these people had to say, even if it was the most ridiculous stuff. And when I read this quote, I thought to myself, wow, so you're kind of telling me that that stuff hurt, not necessarily because of what they said, but because I let it affect me. And my parents had told me something similar to that before. But you know when you're a kid, you don't listen to your parents. You think, yeah, whatever. But when I read those words, it really hit me that I actually had some type of control, not only over how I felt, but how I let other people make me feel. And so that's always in the back of my head when some, somebody says something that you know, rubs me the wrong way or causes me to feel some type of emotion. I go back to that and think, okay, am I letting it make me feel that way? So I'm always thinking about that. And I think one of my quotes that, that kind of goes along with that is what other people think is none of your business. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> You is none of your business, um, which I always have to think about because it's true, and and people see things the way they are, not as you are. So they can only see it through their lenses, which which if you're not working on self, has to do with they're looking through the fear lenses and their programs and their walls and their masks. And so there's no way they could see you except for through their stuff. So mm-hmm. what they think of you has nothing to do with who you are because by the time they get through all of their filters, that it, it doesn't even resemble who you are. They're just speaking to protect their walls, their masks, their programs, their ego, their fears. And in order to keep all that intact, they have to say whatever it is that they say, which comes out as at you because that's what you, you know, that's what they're using at that point. That's what is the most beneficial at that point, but it really has nothing to do with you. Um, and I think once once you learn that and you take that power back, um, you really do gain a lot of, well, you do get a lot of power once you get that. Um, And I think that was a, I had come across another quote, I think it was like a Will Smith quote when he says, stop giving your power away to people who don't even care care about you. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, all of that kind of ties in together and just think about how much of our power that we give away either trying to impress people, um, have people think of us in a certain light, um, people say certain things about us, um, when 
you know, nine times out of ten, they're not even thinking about us. And if they are, it really has nothing to do with us. It has to do with them and where they are. Um, so I one thing that I have really learned or tried to think about when someone says something that I feel is not necessarily accurate to who I am is, why did I why did I set up this? Because again, I am the main character in my movie, and so why did I set that up for that person to say that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what am I trying to learn, or what is it that I still need to work on that that person said that? Um, what is it that I need to do in order, or what do, what, do I, what do I need to do with that information? And so that's kind of what I mean. And I, I sometimes I process it way longer than I should, or like way longer than I need to, and give it more attention than I should. Um, but that's where I am now. As I really try to, what, what is it that I need to do with that information? Why am I presenting that to myself? It's kind of how I look at it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, good one. Sean, you got any comments about that one? John. Okay. This is live radio. We can't have this here. This phone. This phone. I muted the mute button. Me getting screamed at. (laughs) I had brief rate college and we'd get screamed at if there was any dead air. I can hear my the the general (laughs) man. Turf Logan, if you're out there, Central State University, um, screaming <laughs> any dead air, like dead air, dead air, dead air, and you get a phone call or get screamed at. So it's dead air on the radio. So uh, It's funny that you say that because when I was in a play in the fifth grade, our teacher really got on our case about dead airspace. So I can remember when we were rehearsing, if, it, if there was a pause for too long, you'd hear all these fifth graders say, dead airspace, dead airspace, dead airspace, dead airspace. <laughs> <laughs> funny <laughs> funny yeah so you're bringing back fifth grade and college um, <laughs> programming nightmares <laughs> no comments no no not yet okay um, so another one that I had is uh um, and I didn't, I couldn't figure out who, I don't know who said this one, but it says, as the ocean waves, the universe peoples. Hmm. I'm going to pause for a minute just to look that one in. You can wow. see if it makes any sense, which I was like, wow, Yeah. <laughs> Reminded me again. All these kind of quotes come together, but uh, you know, we tend to think that we are separate from, you know, it's the universe and it's us, or it's God and it's us, mm. or that we are came here to Earth. You know, we came from. We didn't come to anything. We came from. Like, you know, the the waves come from the ocean or part of the ocean. 
um, you know, the universe peoples, where it's just as much of the universe. The one, the Rumi, I think it's a Rumi quote where it says, the, we are not a drop from the ocean. We are the entire ocean in one drop. Yes. Yep. Um, which, you know, really makes you, we are all-encompassing. There is nothing outside of us. There is no separation. There is no, there is the all-powerful being, and then there's us. No, we are the all-powerful being in a drop. It's the, the universe who said, okay, just here you, here is me, the universe over here being dropped in Denver, Colorado, United States of America, to experience something that will teach us something about ourselves. I tend to think of us like the sun, like the sun sends its beams down to earth, but it's still just much connected to and is part of the sun. It just happens to land in Denver, Colorado, or Connecticut, or Texas, or China, or, you know, wherever. Um but there is no separation. It's still made from the same substance that it stems from, and it's still just as connected. It's just a, a branch or a tentacle or a expansion. But there is no separation. And I think when you can think of yourself as that, you're not trying to get to something. You are the something. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely allows you to feel and move and live through that, the power of that awareness and knowing that there is no separation. So therefore, there is nothing to work toward. All there is is to be. There is no becoming. There is, you are just, you are here to be, whatever that looks like. So I really, absolutely. Yeah, I really love that. Absolutely. And I think what you said just there is, is truly what it means to drop your oars because you're already there. You're already that. So just enjoy that. Enjoy the ride. The journey is the destination. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. <clears throat> exactly. The journey is the destination. Um, you got another one? Absolutely. Um, okay. uh, one of my favorite quotes right now, and I talked, I mentioned it uh, on the first Blue Clicks that in um, podcast that we did together, and it comes from Bill Cosby, and it's about basically whenever you want something in life, whether that's uh, a new job, you want to reach a new goal, a new high, um, he says. Decide that you want it more than you are afraid of it because it can be a really scary thing to go out on a limb and reach for your dreams or to even say that something that you've always wanted to say to someone. You know, we're not always brave. You know, sometimes we're scared. And if you can just reach that point where you want it more than you're afraid of it, even if it's like 51% wanting to 49% being afraid, you're going to get there. You know, and mm-hmm. also for me, it just helps me to check in to make sure that I don't have any type of subconscious self-sabotaging programs or thoughts in place that I'm really clear that, you know, even though I'm scared, I want it, and that's why I'm going for it. 
And I think that's just it. I think a lot of times that fear comes from not believing that you're good enough or that right. you're going to put yourself in a vulnerable position for people to say, I knew you weren't good enough. Um, so if you can, again, overcome the fear of putting your value into the hands of other people or putting your power into the hands of other people and thinking no matter what, you know, I'm the freaking sun. <laughs> I'm the universe. Sure. There's nothing I can do wrong, so... It doesn't even matter. I'm going to go for it and realize who you are and that these other people or what you think or whatever your self-sabotaging programming is telling you, don't you do that. What do you think? Who do you think you are? You can't do that. You're not one of those people. You stay back here, whatever it is that that voice is telling you. And you can just say, oh, yeah, I know exactly who I am. I'm the universe. And you can step over that, you know, just knowing what it is about, you know, wanting it more than you want to hold on to your fearful, insecure beliefs, um, then you can go for it. And it's, you know, again, realizing the impossible, um, which is another quote from uh, another Will Smith quote. I can't remember exactly how it was, but it says something like, um, you know, only doing things that are realistic will get you to mediocre. <laughs> so it's the impossible or the things that you think are not very possible are the things that you want to do. That's it. So so I um yeah, that's a that's a good one too. That is a good one. Yes indeed. Okay. Um and another one that I have, I have a bunch of, sh- have some long ones and I have some short ones. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is, this one, one of the hardest things to do in life is letting go of what you thought was real. Mm. Yeah. Um, which to me really rings um, you know, kind of rocks me because it's it's it's. I think that is kind of like when you when you get to the point where you start to kind of see the things for where they are. When you start you're getting to a point where everything that you have thought or believe or have been told. You know, it kind of starts to expose itself. The veil kind of starts to fall off a little bit, and you have a choice to make at that point. And the choice is, do you kind of stay in your ignorant, um, I won't even say bliss, because I don't don't necessarily think ignorance is bliss, but lack of a better word, do you stay where you're in ignorant comfort that you think is bliss, or do you keep pulling and exposing a little bit more for for what it is and kind of confront your uncomfortable fears, uh, kind of what Keith and was talking about, where you just kind of um, knowing that once you face that, it's always going to be the truth on the other side is, is really where your growth is going to be. But when you kind of come to that point where, you when you realize that there are some there's a 
that you have what you did believe is not necessarily true. You have to go and question every little thing. Well, what is, what can I count on? What what else isn't true? Who else has lied to me? And it can be a very scary thought to know that everything that you thought was true and that you could count on was a facade or wasn't really true. And I think that's why a lot of people won't even approach anything that is outside of their particular box or circle or structure based off of their family or cultural society because if they question one thing, then they have to question everything and not being able to feel that I've been... Um, been taken care of, um, for lack of a better term, um, then I won't. I won't know what to count on, and I'll, just, you know, everything that up. And it's scary. It's scary in the unknown versus the known. So I think a lot of people. I know even with me. With my family, there are a lot of people who are like, I don't know who, what you believe, or I don't know what's going on with you, but they don't even want to know or approach it because it's scary to even start mm-hmm. even considering it or thinking about it because if I believe one thing, then I'll have to, the whole wall will come tumbling down and then what will I have to depend on? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people won't even go there or approach it because it's scary to even think about. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is, it's 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 the hardest thing, and it's the easiest thing at the at the same time. It's it's hard to let go of everything that you know and everything that's familiar, um, to because you have to redefine what is real, because mm-hmm. everything that you thought was real is no longer real. Um, mm-hmm. So in order to have to redefine that. A lot of people don't feel like that's something that they can do, and it's it's scary. But it's also the the what the price that you have to pay for freedom, which they don't understand. Once you get right on the other side of that fear, mm. then you're free. Then there's really no other way out but to go through it. That's it. You got to jump. So, you have to jump. You have to jump. Yeah, and that's what a lot of people, they don't want to, you know, that, that fear and that terror that you have inside, that is the doorway. That's the gateway. Mm-hmm. And you have to ask, yeah, but you have to go through it. And it doesn't turn out to be anywhere near as scary as you thought it was. Is that what we were talking about earlier? Yep. <laughs> I really like that one, too. Okay, and I think Sean is, he's listening, but he's got something, something else going on. So, um, what else you got? Okay, I, this quote comes from country singer extraordinaire Reba McIntyre. I love her. <laughs> um, but I, she has this quote that I just think is fantastic, and it says, to thrive in life, you need three bones, a wishbone, a backbone, and a funny bone, which I thought mm-hmm. was just great mm-hmm. because to me, you know, a wishbone, it represents 
being able to make a wish, and in making a wish, you're able to ask for what you want, to be able to see it, to be able to articulate it, and ask for it. And to me, a backbone, it means the ability to stand tall, to stand for what you want, to, to stand in a place of receiving, and also to, to not uh, be willing to, to bend until you've received it, and also to, to be able to endure whatever, whatever challenges that life may give you to bring you towards whatever it is that you want. And a funny bone is, of course, a sense of humor, a lightness of heart, because it's not ever really as serious as we make it. Sometimes, oftentimes, we can make things much more heavy-handed than they need to be. You know, if a situation is already bad, why make it worse? Do your best to, to see the humor in everything and keep a light heart about it. Exactly, right. Again, it's realizing that, you know, if you, it's, you are the universe, you are being taken care of, you are on, you are going downstream, it kind of all fits together and just knowing that worry doesn't do anything but (laughs) cause more worry, it doesn't solve any issues or problems and so it's learning how to play. That's right, that's right. Learning how to play. Um, which kind of goes along with is another, this is a longer quote. This is Alan Watts, which I was like really looking at a lot of his stuff this week. Um, and this is a little bit of a longer one, but I like it. It's good. It is. Um, listen, there's something I must tell you. I've never, never seen it so clearly, but it doesn't matter a bit if you don't understand because each one of you is quite perfect as you are, even if you don't know it. Life is basically a gesture, but no one, no thing is making it. There is no necessity for it to happen and none for it to go on happening, for it isn't being driven by anything. It just happens freely of itself. It's a gesture of motion, of sound, of color. And just as no one is making it, it isn't happening to anyone. There is simply no problem of life. It is completely purposeless play, exuberant, which is its own end. Basically, there is a gesture, time, space, and multiplicity are complications of it. There is no reason whatever to explain, for explanations are just another form of complexity. A new manifestation of life on top of life, of gesturing gestures. Pain and suffering are simply extreme forms of play, and there isn't anything in the whole universe to be afraid of because it doesn't happen to anyone. There isn't any substantial ego at all. The ego is a kind of flip, a knowing of knowing, a fearing of fearing. It's a curlicue, an extra jazz to experience, a sort of double take on reverberation, dithering of consciousness, which is the same as anxiety. Alan Watts. Wow. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. And that is just, just, you know, we tend to take things so seriously, and I have to do this, and I have to accomplish, and I have to get to this point, and I have to be somebody, and I have to be important, and I have to be famous, and I have to, there is no have to. It's just, I think it's really the living in the now and realizing that where you are right now, you're okay. You're where you're supposed to be because there is no supposed to. You where you are where you are. Yes. You're doing what you're doing. And anything, any worry or expectation or purpose that you put on that is just basically your ego or your programming or your belief trying to make something out of something that isn't there in order to fulfill a void that you think you have that you're separate you're separate from God or the universe because somebody somewhere convinced you that you were. And then anything outside of that or anything other than that is not it's not real or it's not relevant because it's just what it is. It is. It just is. And yeah. any label that, any adjective that you put after that is just you trying to feel a self-created void that really is, doesn't exist. Brilliant. And that's something that, you know, living on earth, you constantly have to remind yourself of because there are every day going to be things, people, events that is going to try to convince you otherwise. And, you know, that's why this is a day-to-day practice exercise in realizing who you are every day mm-hmm. through meditation, through prayer, through whatever it is that people or whatever it is that helps you feel and stay connected is something that, um, and that's basically why, um, you know, your whole life basically, because when you get to a certain point, your whole life is basically in meditation for you to stay connected to the non-physical um, and the physical because it's very easy to just get sucked into the earthly stuff, which is where mm-hmm. a lot of people, and you just, the, the fear and the anxiety and all of that builds when you get stuck in the earthly stuff and when you realize this is, you know, you put things into perspective and in all of the stuff that we get mad at, like getting stuck in traffic or um, you know, somebody saying something about you, um, it's very easy to get sucked back into that once you realize it, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> You'll get there when you get there. Mm-hmm. And worry didn't matter, that doesn't change anything. Um, people will say what they're going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once you once you see that or realize that everything, it, it just is. There is no adjective after that 
or it's just is. There is no label after that. It just is. It really makes a huge difference in how you approach every day in your life. Um, and so it, it it makes a you know makes a big difference. And then again, when you are seeing everything through those eyes, you are attracting those same things into your life. And so you are becoming more authentic and then you're presented with things that are allowing you to be more of your authentic self. So... I really, there's a lot of, uh, there's a, a ton of Alan Watts quotes that I had. I'll, I'll just pick a few, but there were, uh, he's got a bunch of them. And I had looked at his book or read his book on the taboo of being yourself. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that one? You read that? There's Not all of it, but I'm I'm working on it right now. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of long long areas of text in there that um I won't necessarily go through and read, but there's a there's a bunch of stuff in there. If anybody out there who is interested in reading and I'm I'm gonna look up the exact title because that's not the exact title. Um see if I can find it here. Um, in the meantime, while I'm looking for that, you got another one? Yes, I love this one. And it's funny because it has to do with the color blue. But it comes from uh, an eight-year-old girl. And I found this quote on a random blog. But it's very simple. And it says, if you're feeling blue, try painting yourself a different color. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just love. <laughs> because mm-hmm. it's so simple. Yet so profound, which, you know, kids, they often drop those little gems. But to me, mm-hmm. that just represents, once again, not not dwelling in your current state of being. You know, if it doesn't feel right, then hit the switch, change the channel. You have control mm-hmm. over your emotions. You know, we have the, the Gandhi quote, change them. You know, if you want to feel good, then decide that you're going to feel good. If you're If you're feeling blue, paint yourself a different color. I love it. Yeah. I love great. it. It goes back to that kind of pure idea of knowing that you have the ability to change it or switch things up or not be stuck. Mm-hmm. That all started out with, but have somehow forgotten. And people who live their life that way as adults we tend to look at very strangely. And this is kind of one of the things that I'm going through this with, that I was mentioning earlier with, like, my family. Um, You know, when I do have a lot, or people who I know that there's a lot of friendships that I have had that are basically more just, the whole basis of our friendship was, um, you know, complaining or griping or talking about someone or and when I decided to let all of that go and they still come to me with that same 
conversation and I'll, you know, I don't give in to the drama. I'll just say, well, if you don't like it, you should do something different. <laughs> of course, yeah. that's not what they um, They want to, oh, poor you, they shouldn't do that to you. Oh, you know, they're terrible people. I can't believe, you know, just they want more of the, the sympathy when they don't get that part. They're not not really looking for a solution. They just want their drama to be fed. Mm-hmm. Um, you are viewed or looked at as being childish or cold or different or weird or crazy when it is really getting back to our essence in that very... Un, or less programmed child mind who can still see and live from the fact that they know that they have the ability to just change something. If you want to, if you don't like where you are, if you don't like your your color, just change. Paint yourself a different color. Or if you um, you know, don't like your feet, then change it. Or if there's something that you don't like, then, you know, why can't I change it? And kind of the innocent, naive mind of not being painted or afraid of being looked at as weird or different if you get up and, you know, change your seat or change your color or change something because you're worried about what someone else is going to do or say is really where we should be striving to get back to. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's great. <laughs> Good one. Okay. Um, I have... Okay, this one, African proverb... Don't look where you fall, but where you slipped. Ooh. Wow. So, um, to me, what I got from this one was, again, me, you know, analyzing. It's not analyzing the source of something rather than it's rather than putting them when you fall, rather than just putting a Band-Aid on it, but not looking at, you know, what caused it in the first place. Yeah. A lot of people just put a, patch, put a patch on something, but don't really want to go back and see, well, what, where did this come from in the first place? Um, and try to go to the core and figure out what happened at the core they just keep patching it up and put a Band-Aid on it. And let's put another Band-Aid on it. And we'll cover it up and put another Band-Aid on it. Because it it is putting yourself at a vulnerable state um, to look at something at its source or at its core, which a lot of people don't want to get vulnerable. But then you, you, can't, you can't grow without being willing to get naked. That's true. And a lot of people don't want to do that. Um, so, um, you know, they just don't want to get below the surface. They're just, I fail, now I need to get up. And however many times you fall, it's, oh, look what happened to me and poor me and I'm a victim and I fell again and what's wrong with me rather than, well, let's go back and look at 
at the core, but once you try to go below the surface, there are a lot of people who don't want to go below the surface, but that's where the real the real answer is. So, you know, where did you slip? Mm-hmm. Where did you slip? When you clean that up, then you won't fall anymore. Um, there it is. So, yeah. So I really like that one, too. That's great. Love that one. Okay, I have another one. Uh, let's see. Oh, I love this one. Uh, I don't know where it's from, but it's very simple. And it says, go where you are celebrated, not tolerated. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think Absolutely. a lot of people, a, a lot of people would do really well just to sit and think about that quote, about just about what your worth is, what your value is and how what you think about yourself is reflected in the company that you keep. You know, it, it's one, if, you, if you love yourself, if you think you're great, if you think you're deserving of the best of the best, whatever you think that is, then, then go towards that and surround yourself in, in people and company and in an environment that supports that. Or mm-hmm. if you're looking at the company you're keeping right now and you don't like it, you have to look at what that's saying about you and make the adjustment. But so many people, they settle for less than what their best is or less than what's good enough for them. It's important for you in life because we don't know how much time we have to do your best. And part of doing your best is is letting that idea come back to you in the various ways that life shows us what we think. So do your best. Keep the best people around you. Put your best foot forward. Look your best. Feel your best, whatever that means. But honor honor the God within and the wonderful, powerful being and, and, and energy that is in that and, and, and live that, you know. Honor yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And stop um, looking to other people. Right. Verify <laughs> to tell you who you are. Um, right. You know, and try, stop trying to convince people that you know that they are or depending on other people to tell you what your worth is. Um, right. If see it, then you you know they're not. You can't. And it's it's. I think it's human earthly nature to try to get people to, but why don't you like me? But I'm great, but you should like me. I'm right. going to convince you. I'm going to convince you how great I am. Um, you know, we want to try to win people over, especially if it's, you know, people who you've known your whole life or who you have. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try to let make you see what I want you to see. Why don't you see this? And, you know, again, whatever is going on with them, they're not going to be able to, they can only see from where they are, and there's nothing that you can do to make them see until they are ready to see, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, so that, that's a, a part of that letting go. That's it. Is to be able to allow people to be where they are. That's it. That is it. 
and there are going to be people who just don't like you for no good reason. You know, just something about you is going to turn them off, piss them off, whatever. And you know what? They're allowed to feel that way, and they're not really going to matter that much in your life. Life might put you together for a second, but I'm a firm I'm a firm believer in the laws of attraction also being the laws of detraction. So something's going to bring you together just for a second to teach you something, and then just like that, you're going to separate. So don't really dwell on it. It is what it is, you know. It's actually a good thing. Sometimes when someone doesn't like you, it's a good thing because it just means that you're very clear on who it is that you are and what it is that you like, what it is that you do, the signal that you emit. And when someone doesn't like it, it's just a way for you to know that, hey, you know, you're doing something right. And it's also a test. It's also a test to see how good you are with yourself and how much you believe in yourself and love yourself. Sometimes it takes someone saying these things about you that aren't so great and not liking you for you to say, okay, you know what? I like me. I like me double for how much you don't like me, so I'm good, and I'm just going to go do my thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Which reminds me of another quote. <laughs> and I'm laughing because I had to look it up. Um, from the, the, the great philosopher Cat Williams. <laughs> Which I'm going to read and you know he says nigga and motherfucker every other word. But I'm going to read yep. it. Basically it's live your motherfucking life. Get your hustle on. <laughs> Understand people are going to hate you regardless. Get that out of your head, that fantasy world where people ain't going to hate you. you got to be grateful. You need haters. You need to be complained about. What the fuck do you think is a hater's job to fucking hate? So let them do their damn job. What the fuck you complaining about? Ladies, if you got 14 hating on you, then you need to figure out how the hell to get 16 before the summer gets here. What the fuck you mad about? Fellas, if you got 20 haters, you need 40. What the fuck you complaining about? There, If there are any haters in here right now that don't have anybody to hate on, feel free to hate on me. Sit back and say <laughs> my hair is luxurious. Don't sit back and say that my hair ain't you know, luxurious when you know it is, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. There it is. Boom. And that's it right there. People hate. You know, I really, and there's another quote that kind of remind me of when it's, you know, like if you if you don't piss somebody off <laughs> at least once a day, then you ain't saying nothing. That's it. That's it. You know, sometimes you got to crack a few eggs to make an omelet. That's one of my favorite phrases. As a matter yeah. of fact, you always have to crack a few eggs to make an omelet. It's not sometimes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you know, it's if you you can go through life being mediocre and trying to please everyone and trying to you're still going to have people are still going to hate you. Um, but basically, you can go through life trying to make it as painless as possible. But when you cut off one emotion, you cut off all the emotions. So you can't cut off the painful emotions without cutting off the pleasurable emotions as well. So people who think that, you know, I'm just going to, I don't want to make anybody mad. I don't want anyone to be mad at me. I don't want to be scared. I don't want to go into any situations where I'm going to be fearful. 
when you numb yourself to the undesired parts, you numb yourself to the desired parts as well. There is no, either you're allowing all or you're not allowing anything. Mm-hmm. You can't allow some and not the other, or one half and not the other half. It's all or nothing. So uh, back to to at the beginning when I was talking about quote about staying true to you who you are and being a hundred percent you and and living out your integrity and not compromising your character in order to be around other people so that other people are comfortable or so that other people will like you or so that other people will be impressed by you. Because mm-hmm. when you do that, then you are compromising your path. Um, so you are, you know, again, it will either be a very painful process or it will be a process filled with, you know, you can make it fun and adventurous, but you have to see it for what it is. But the more you try to avoid pain, the more you are going to attract it into your life by simply trying to avoid it. Mm-hmm. Being numb does not mean that you're avoiding pain. It just means, again, if you're blocking blocking one emotion, you're blocking them all. So it's not avoidance of pain. It's avoidance of pleasure of mm. love, of happiness, um, which is pain, which is painful within itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. And uh, which brings me to another quote, Albert mm-hmm. Einstein, ah. which is, there are two ways to live your life. One is though nothing is a miracle, and the other is as though everything is a miracle. Um, Brilliant. So, yeah, if you, um, you know, everything, everything is either, you know, if there's, you can't have where some things are um, a miracle and purposeful and not have everything. Everything is either, you can't have some coincidences and then some are not. You can't have some miracles and some are not. Either everything is or everything's not. So everything that happens is purposeful and wondrous and... Um, a learning experience and fun and adventure. Even even the parts that don't seem, you know, that seem very fearful or scary are, are part of your learning experience and part of your adventure. So take it all in. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of things we don't want to necessarily think about or we don't want to necessarily experience. Um and it's not happening to us, it's happening for us. So one, one way to look at it is, oh, this is what it's like to experience this. Okay, this is what it feels like. You know, kind of get underneath it and observe it and, and look at it from an observer's perspective and see see it for what it is. Mm-hmm. It's kind of one way to look at it. Um 
So I really like that one. That's great. Fantastic. It's fantastic to think about all of the conditions that have come together to create what's going on right now. Now, all of the events that have led up to to where you are right now and all of the events that created the past events in your life, it's just it's amazing. You know, I think uh, I think about the, the miracle of conception, about how millions of sperm race to fertilize an egg and just one sperm wins that fertilizes the egg and then, you know, that grows and creates you. And then life experiences color you some more, bringing you to where you are right now. It's just it's incredible when you think about it. There are all the tiny little programs that are in place that turn the leaves different colors right now in autumn or that, they, you know, they cause the sun to rise and how the positioning of, of, of the earth in relationship to the sun is what generated the conditions for our life on this planet. I mean, there's, there's, there's no miracle that is too big or too small. Everything that is going on right now has been divinely placed. And if you stop and really think about that, how can you not have your mind blown? It's just amazing. Right. Exactly. Right, exactly. All the all the little things that everything that has to take place and all the thousands of things that have to line up just right for everything to happen. Right. For you to meet someone or run into something or for something to, you know, everything, all the thousands of things that have to come into place and happen at just the right time for everything oh. to happen. Oh, man, yeah, your ancestors, one person meeting one person who make a person who meets another person. I mean, it's just incredible. It's incredible. It really is. It really is. Right. So if you think all of that came for you to be exactly where you are at this moment, how do you? How can you not think that you're powerful or purposeful? Or how right. can you not? Anybody who who doubts their meaning to their life or whether they are important or whether they, you know, are are worthy or worth anything. Just think of all of the things that had to line up just right for you to be here. And you're here. It's point <laughs> that Incredible. you, right, exactly, that you are supposed to be here and that's enough. Outside of everything else, that's enough whether you think you've done something with your life or whether you think nobody loves you or cares about you, everything, all of the people and all of the things and all of the circumstances that had to happen in order for you to be here happened so that you could be here shows how important you are. Just amazing. So nobody so yeah, amazing. So no one should have any doubt to think about that. Yeah. Which I guess would be a perfect segue into another quote that I love, and it's something that my grandmother told me, which is in turn something that my great grandmother used to say, who who I knew in life. You know, I I knew her for the last uh, fifteen years of her life, but uh, she used to say that. The dog that wags its own tail gets fed, <laughs> which I love because mm. it's sort of along the lines of not being 
so humble that you're not shining your own light and that you're not acknowledging your own greatness. You know, if you're great, you're great. And if you say that, if you wag your own tail, then life is going to feed you. Life is going to bring things your way because you are saying, you know, I'm good, I'm worthy, and I deserve it. So wag your tail and eat up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Exactly. Yes, and nothing wrong with thinking. There's nothing wrong with thinking that you're you're great. I think a lot of people, um, again, we are led to believe that it is arrogance or conceit or or you know a list of other words, not being humble or mm-hmm. being too prideful um, that deter people from wagging their own tail or shining their own light. When we're looked at as being a negative attribute when it's more of just being convinced of your of you of again being living your living out loud a hundred percent and not right. holding back somebody else's comfort level so I say live out live out loud 100%. Everybody live at your superstar status. Just because you're not on TV, TV or 100 million people don't see you every day does not mean you're a superstar. Right. Out loud. And I think people have the word humble wrong. You know, to me, to me being humble means being grounded and focused. Being, mm-hmm. not to say being realistic because that's not the word, but the being grounded, being being present, being clear, and being focused. I think not having necessarily anything that is any delusions. But if you're if you're great, you know that's not a delusion. If you believe that you are just a gift to whatever it is that you do, that's not delusion. And I think that can help you as you focus and as you as you have clarity, move towards whatever it is that you want in life. I think that to me is true humility. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, most people's idea of humility comes from more of a church definition of, you know, think that something is you are lowly and you don't want to think too highly of yourself because then if you think that you're too powerful, then you're making yourself into the image of God, which is right. down. And so I think that is a lot of people's idea of what humble is: is you don't you don't want to make yourself too important because then you're you're making yourself out to be too godlike. Mhm. You know, this might piss some people off, but I'm gonna say it. Okay, if you if you're working towards something and you bust your ass getting there, and you finally get it, and you say, you know, I I just want to thank God because it was God that did it, okay, but be sure to thank yourself because you busted your ass to get there. Don't discredit all the hard work that you've done by not including yourself in that equation. Yes, God is within you. Yes, chalk it up to God if you want, but give yourself some credit because you busted your ass. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And it always surprises me. Like I have someone, I can't remember, I was sharing something with somebody and I said something about being our God self or something and they immediately kind of jumped in, oh, we should never compare ourselves to God and we should, you know, like never ever strive to be like God. And I thought, wow, (laughs) it always surprises me. Very intelligent people, like immediately go into that fear mode, jump in a box, close it, clamp it down, put chains around it when they feel like someone is, you know, trying to, being expansive. It Mm. always surprised me. And I thought, like, wow, that that was interesting. (laughs) That was interesting. They, like, took the look out and said, get back in the box, get back in the box, get back in the box. And I thought, wow, no, but... Um, so yeah, that always, that always surprised, but I think, yeah, I think that an idea of humble and, you know, a lot of people think, you know, being humble or or being arrogant, like my idea is I think we are all, you know, people think of arrogance as when you think highly of yourself because you're looking down on other people. I think Mm -hmm. of arrogance as I am, I know and am convinced of who and what I am, and no one can make me feel any differently. That is a type of arrogance I think we all need. Um, so when people hear, you know, when someone is arrogant or he's too arrogant, it usually is because someone feels threatened by someone not being able or not being willing to back down from their high expectations, high um thoughts, abilities, and knowledge of self. Mm-hmm. And when they're not back down from that, and it has nothing to do with looking down on anyone, a lot of people feel threatened by that, and so therefore they are called arrogant when it's not mm-hmm. really arrogance at all. I think we necessitate we all need some. Bitch, I we find all... me up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all need to be a little bit arrogant. Okay, oh, which yeah. brings me um quote that that I don't know if you were gonna mention the the Zen quote. Were you going to talk about that the one that was on the blue click the other day? No, you can go one for of, it if you want. Okay. Well I've got another one if you want to talk about okay. that one. Um here's another one. This is another Alan Watts one. And it says, I'll tell you what um Oh, I'll tell you what hermits realize. If you go off into a far, far forest and get very quiet, you'll come out to understand that you're connected with everything. Mm. And what I really like about this is <clears throat> when you are constantly sur- when you don't give yourself a chance to get still and get quiet, it's very easy to see yourself as you and everything else and everybody else and everything is, you know, moving around you or or, or fighting for its own place or its own space or, or everything's being compared to you and each other and everything is, is, is competition. But when you are able to go off and be by yourself, and you're able to get still, and you're able to get quiet, and you realize that there is no separation. Mm. And there is no need to 
there is no competition. Um, so there is no need to compare because it's just different facets of the same thing. Um, and there is no, yeah, there is no trying to keep her space or position or anything because it's it's everything has its own place. And when you really look at nature, the trees aren't trying to be the grass, and the birds aren't trying to be the squirrels, and the the they're just doing their own thing. And no matter what happens, they're just going to continue to do their own thing, and they're not looking at, well, look at the birds. They're taking up more space than the squirrels, and we had this tree first. And I don't know why they're, you know, all the things that we as humans try or tend to get worked up about nature is just I'm here's my space and I am a tree and I'm just going to grow and I'm going to create shade and everything else is going to adjust to that where there was no shade yesterday today there's shade so now the squirrel will he's not saying well yesterday there wasn't any shade here why is it he's just today there's shade (laughs) and that's it and I'll go back I think I probably I don't know if I told the story before on the show, but um, I remember they, where we lived, they had trimmed a bunch of trees. They had, like, really cut down and trimmed all the trees, and there's lots of squirrels where we live. And, of course, you know, the cutting down the trees cut down a lot of the squirrels' nests, and I was walking through, like, oh, wow, these squirrels are going to, they're not going to have any place to live now, and you know, they cut down all of their nests, and what are they going to do? And all these thoughts that went through my mind as I felt bad for the squirrels. And the squirrels just went on and did their thing and built new nests, and they didn't miss a beat. They just kept going, kept going, and kept going. And I looked and thought, wow, all this worrying ideas for these squirrels, and they just, there was no yesterday. Okay, we go back to the spot where our nest was, and it's not there. Okay, time to rebuild. And they just kept going, just kept going and kept going and kept going. And I thought, wow, we are the only ones who would sit there and, oh, look, my, you know, when something is taken from us, our automatic response is, look what's happened to me. Look what is has been taken from me. Look how I am a victim. And the the squirrels and animals who just live in the now, the trees that just live in the now, the forest that just lives in the now, just keeps going. Hmm. So when we're able to be get away from all that and get still, we know just keep going. Again, just yeah. let them let the current carry you, and just keep going. That's brilliant. That was my, that is the message. Beautiful, you know. It's yeah. It, things will arrange themselves perfectly if you just if you just let it. If you just let it. Right, and the more we try to hold on to the old, you know, sometimes if we're not willing to let go of something, it will figure out a way for you to let it go. And the harder mm-hmm. you try to hold on to it, you know, the reason why it wants you to let go is so that it can bring something more suitable for you into your reality and your existence, but the more you hold on to the old, you're just, you know, delaying that or or, or preventing yourself from, from growing or moving on. So just trust the process. 
That's amazing. It actually that reminds me of a, a story that I heard from uh, Muji, who, uh, for those of you who don't know who Muji is, he's, uh, I guess the best way to describe him would be a spiritual advisor who is uh, f- from Jamaica and then based out of Portugal now and spent a great deal of time in England. And he's just very, very simple in his spiritual philosophy, but very profound. Someone called him a combination of Gandhi and Bob Marley. And <laughs> I think that's a perfect assessment. <laughs> Yeah, but he, was very he told a story, right? <laughs> but uh, he told a story about a guy who was walking like alongside a cliff. I'm going to paraphrase, but he was walking alongside a cliff, and he somehow stumbled and fell off the cliff, and he was able to grab onto a sort of tree branch that was hanging off the side of the cliff before he completely, you know, just dropped off into the abyss. And so he's hanging on this limb, And he's calling out to God, and he's saying, oh, God, please, somebody help me, help me, please. And so then a voice says, you know, to him his name. He says, who is that? Who's there? And the voice says, it's God. And so then the man says, God, please, I've been calling on you, help me. And so God says, okay, let go. And so then the guy says, well, what what do you mean, let go? I'm going to fall. I I, I can't, please, you know, I I can't let go. So then he starts calling out to help again, and then he hears that voice again, and he says, God, is that you? And he says, yes, it's me, God. And he says, please, God, I, I really need your help. Tell me what to do. And telling him, once again, let go. And that's pretty much the story. The guy, he he doesn't really let go, and that's he just sort of hangs there for a while until I think eventually he his body gives out on him and then he has to let go. The story didn't really continue on from there. But the point was that life will show you and tell you what to do, much like in the story how God will tell you what to do. But once you've been told, you have to surrender to that. You have to, in essence, let go. And even though you don't know what's going to happen, even if it seems like it might not be the right answer or you, you might be uncertain, trust the guidance system that is telling you what to do and surrender to that, let go. So that's the little story that I butchered. (laughs) Wow, no, that's, um, yeah, that's good because you, again, there's so many things that we, again, out of fear, out of anticipating an undesired outcome, programming of you is we don't, and that's part of the allowing. We don't allow. You get. You mm-hmm. ask for something, and when you're presented with it, you doesn't look exactly how you want it to look, and so you resist it and refuse to let go of the old. Or you, you know, you can't, you can't hold on. So you can't move forward if you're holding onto the rallying. Um, you know, you're never going to get to where you're going. Right. And for what it's worth, you know, this universe is so unbelievably creative and it likes to have fun and it likes to play with us. So when you ask for something or when you say what you want, count on the universe doing it even better than you could have imagined it. It's never going to look exactly like you want it to look, but it's going to be mm-hmm. so much better. It's going to be so good that you'll say, man, damn, universe, you're you're creative. You're good. Trust that. Right. And there's still, and, and we tend to put limits on how we imagine something to happen. Well, the universe doesn't have those same limits. So right. they're going to dream it much bigger than you allowed yourself to dream it. So 
you it's it's like you know you get a piece of the puzzle, but the universe can see the entire puzzle. They have the yes. cover the box of what the puzzle is supposed to look like. You have a piece, so you're facing right. your decision on the one piece, and you say, "Oh no 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 no!" The universe is saying, "No, we have the whole picture." So, do you want do you want the advice to come from the the part of yourself that has the entire picture? Or the part of yourself that just has one little piece. You want the you want it to come from the entire picture, not the one little piece. And so that's why you trust your higher self or the universe. Right. We have Absolutely. about ten minutes left. Okay. Um, well, I will. I definitely want to talk about the uh, the Zen master quote in just a second, but I want to do one quick one before that because it kind of piggybacks off of what we were talking about just a little bit. And this uh, quote comes from Teddy Roosevelt. And he said that comparison is the thief of joy, which I thought was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because it's kind of like we were talking about, you know, if, it, if it's good, if it is what it is, don't question it or don't, don't reduce mm-hmm. it to something less than what it is by measuring it up against somebody else's whatever, you know, if, if you're happy doing whatever it is that you're doing, making however much it is that you're making, don't question that and don't disrespect it by reducing it to something less than what it is because of what someone else is doing and making. You know, you're good. If you're good, surrender to that and and, right. and let it be what it is. Don't, you know, don't fix what isn't broke, you know. Just let it mm-hmm. be what it is and enjoy it. And that we, we don't know what somebody else's path is. So for you to compare yours to any aspect of somebody else's, thinking that they're better or worse based off of what you can see, um, it, it's, you know, you, have, you don't know what else is connected to that or what goes along with that. So it's just right. where you are and what you're doing and how that's going to get you to your next step and it has nothing else to do with anything else but but that and that's what we need to to look at and trust. And it's if it's something that they have that you desire, then then that gives you an opportunity or point to know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Or or if it's a place that you don't desire and you're comparing yourself, then you know what that looks like. But that's about all you have to do with that. Um, right. It's not a, you know, a comparison to where you could be or where you should be or where you shouldn't be or where you're not. It has nothing to do with you because you don't know what else is connected to that. And that is their their path to what they're doing or where they're going or where they're not going has really nothing to do with you know, you looking in someone's window without having any information of, you know, what else is going on in the house. You're just looking at a through a small window, and it looks looks pretty from the outside, but that's about it. So, yeah, comparison definitely is is one of the things that we do that it turns out to to not be as constructive, or you know, can can be very destructive in many ways. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I am going to, we have about eight minutes left, and I'm 
having some technical difficulties with the um it's my computer has completely kicked me out of the site, so I'm trying to get back in mm-hmm. so that when it does, I can find out <laughs> so I'm going to be talking I'm listening, and I'm going to be talking so if you have another if you want to go ahead with the other one. Sure, absolutely. Okay, so this quote we talked about, it's from Morimoto Roshi, and it's one of my favorites, and it goes as such. I had a discussion with a great master in Japan, and we were talking about the various people who are working to translate the Zen books into English, and he said, that's a waste of time. If you really understand Zen, you can use any book. You could use the Bible, you could use Alice in Wonderland, you could use the dictionary, because the sound of the rain needs no translation. And that was from Alan Watts, and the Zen master is Morimoto Roshi who said that. And uh, I just, I I adore that bit, that quote, because, um, because (laughs) you can only, (laughs) you can only know. Actually, let me, let me, let me rephrase that. You can't really know things with your mind. Uh, you can only know things in experiencing them. So for all the books that you read and for all of the X, Y, Z that you do, certain foods you stay away from, certain things you choose to do, that can only teach you so much before you have to go out there and experience it and feel what it means to be whatever it is that you are wanting to be or seeing or doing or whatever. It's, it's experience is true knowledge. And that knowledge can't be found in text, in books. It can only be indicated from teachers. You have to go out there and experience it yourself. And nobody can tell you other than you what your experience is. And I just, I just, I love that quote. Yeah, and it basically says that you can, it, it, you know, you can, there are a lot of people who could educate their way right out of true wisdom. Like right. they're so smart that they're stupid because they are all about, um, well, if it's not in a book, then, you know, it's all, they're all about the traditional education. I learned, I studied, I wrote, I have a thesis on, um but they haven't experienced anything. They haven't right. felt anything. And so there's no true wisdom. It's just education. And it's important to know the difference between wisdom and education. Right. And how intelligent someone is by our basic ideas of how many PhDs someone has or whatever their credentials are, um, you know, it it really has nothing to do with, with, and in fact, it's almost um, takes you away from obtaining wisdom because you have to undo much more learning in order to get, you have to unlearn all of that in order to get to be basic enough to be able to hear or or understand the language of 
the rain, um, mm-hmm. which is what the quote is talking about. You, so you have to unlearn all of that stuff in order to be naked enough to undo all of that. Right. So, yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah, I love it. I love it, too. Okay. I am, uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. I am, well, if you if you guys are listening live, um, we've got a couple minutes left. So if you are um, listening live, we're approaching the end of the main part of the show. I'm going to go into the after hours. Um, but if you want to, again, give us your feedback, you can always go to blueclick at gmail.com. That's B-O-U-E-C-L-I-Q-U-E at gmail.com. I want to thank you for joining us. You can find us in the archives at Blog Talk Radio. And you can um, go to, we're also on um, in the archives in iTunes. So you can go either one of those places and find us and please leave a comment and it will help us with our show and will help um, other people find us. So um, if you are on the phone still listening or listening in the archives, um, we're going to close out shortly. But I am, I don't know if it's with my computer or with blog talk, but I can't get to the site in order to end the show. I got kicked off of one computer. I am on another computer and trying to get to it through my phone. It won't let me, for some reason, it'll let me sign in, but it won't let me get into the um, studio to get to the board. We have about 90 seconds left in the show, and it will not let me get on the the board. So um, if you have... We could just kind of do some closing remarks. Let me see if there's any other ones that I want to share. This is a good show. This is, I mean, there's so many yeah. amazing, amazing quotes out there. And, you know, there's so many little sounds of information that um, really help to spark some thought. Um, or argument or or something that someone is trying to find an answer to. Everything is there. It's just a matter of it finding you or you finding mm-hmm. it, finding it. Um, so I'm I'm really glad we had this this show. This was really good. Um, any last words or any last thoughts? I don't even know when the show is going to end because I can't get on the floor. But if you want to, uh, yeah, any last, any last closing, closing thoughts? You bet. And it actually it involves one last little quote that I had. Just real quick, um, I don't know where this quote came from, but it says that even the darkest hour only has 60 minutes. And I thought mm. that was so beautiful. Yeah. I thought that was so beautiful because it's just a reminder that that everything is only ever temporary. So mm-hmm. there is there is beauty in being able to see how it all it all is going to eventually come to an end. A wonderful experience will run its course and a and a tough time will run its course. So don't get so attached and caught up into an experience 
that it becomes all-encompassing and seems like it's not going to end because it will. You know, don't buy so deeply into an illusion that you can't see that it will eventually pass. So I love it most. I love that quote mostly for how it, it, it helps to remind you that even if you're going through a tough time, just know that it's going to pass and that you never know what's, what's going to happen after that. Anything can happen. Anything's possible. Right, and we tend to think when you say this too shall pass, we tend to think it's only the negative things as we're just waiting for this to be over. Right. So that I could, it's it's the, the good thing, everything. Right. It's the good things and the, well, the the undesired things and the desirable things, okay, I won't say good or bad, because everything is it's the experience of what it is. Um, but, yeah, so, and I like that too, because it's, you know, time is relative, and if you can get, and it's just getting, knowing that whatever it is, it's not going to be always. Right. So knowing that even if it's if it's an undesirable situation, that it's not going to be always. So <laughs> and even if, and not being, and being attached to something good, don't think that it's not going to. I mean, whatever. There's a million ways for things to um, change, transform, and um, and that that includes everything. Mm-hmm. So that's good. All right. Yeah. Okay. So I'm still trying to close the show. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know who's in the song, but I, I'd rather it be this way than it cut us off or not. I'm still trying to get in, but we'll see. Um, and let me see if I have, still not letting me in. It's just wild. Um, <clears throat> I have one. One more. And this one kind of, this one goes along again with what we've kind of the the you know, not taking life so seriously. This is Shirley McLean. Yes. Wonderful Shirley McLean. Um yes. I think of myself now as a wonderful play that I've written for myself. And so my purpose is to have the most fun playing my part. So again, again, just you know, all the world to stay like Shakespeare said, all the world to stay. That's right. And so you know that that is kind of the best attitude is approaching everything as this is everything. Everyone that you approach is for you and was created for you. You are the main character. So what are you going to and and everything is is, you know, everything, you've written all the parts and everybody who is there, why are they bringing such information to you or why is something being presented to you? It's all about um, to teach you something about yourself or to Mm -hmm. teach you how to expand into something else or something new. Um, So just, you know, play with it. Have fun with it. Have fun. 
Okay, so it is. Uh, I'm going to keep working on this. I'm, I'm sure I don't want to take up your time. I appreciate you. So if you have some, if you want to keep talking, I have no idea. I can't get in. I don't know what happens when you don't. <laughs> when you can't <laughs> the button, but I am. It's, yeah, I don't know. It's showing that I'm logged in, but it won't let me get to the board. So. I'm hoping that it'll, it won't, and it doesn't shut off automatically, so I don't know what this is going to look like, but I'm going to keep working on it, but I want to thank you, Aaron. This was fantastic, and I I had fun. Um, I don't want to start your time, and I'm going to see if I can, I might have to just shut everything down and log everything out and start all over again, so um, thank you for everybody who's listening, and um, join us again. If you have any comments, send it to BlueClick at Gmail. Look us up on Facebook and join the group and the discussion. And we will see you next time. Let's know if you have any show ideas or any other questions you want us to you, to clarify on or answer from the show or from BlueClick or anything. Um, so thank you very much. And until next time, Aaron, or I'll, I'll see you on the on the. On the blue click. Sounds good. Thank you, everybody.